0: The past, it used to be a newspaper, The Buff Podcast, not outclassed, wonders en mass. get it on lunch, don't to, to the end of the game, The Buff Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Buff Podcast, my name's Mark Iles, I'm the Chief Football Writer of the Bolton News. This is a Christmas special, bringing you all the latest headlines and gossip from bold wanderers, wrapped up with a lovely little bow. On the show this week, we get festive and look ahead to the games against Derby County and Lincoln City. We're visited by a ghost of Christmas past because we're also talking about the win against Exeter. We ask the question, what would happen if the current squad was dropped onto a remote island with killer weapons and forced to fight to the death? And we bring back a classic game of Danny Shittu, because we can. But first, a reminder, the Bolton Wanderers half-season tickets begin on Tuesday, the Derby County Games, so if you want to save money and see all the home games in the second half of the season, you had better act fast. The club shop has extended its opening hours on Friday, December the 23rd from 9am to 6pm, and it's opening at 9am to 1pm on Christmas Eve, so go down there, grab your last-minute gifts for the discerning Wanderers fan in your life. And before we start this podcast, I know my voice sounds terrible. The reason is I've got the flu that 90% of the population have also got. And before anybody worries about it, don't worry. Henry's perfectly fine. His voice is just as sexy as ever. First, let's introduce my podcast cohort, a man who will be leaving a pasty balm and a pint of bank top out for Father Christmas this year. It's Henry Hewitt. Henry, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, thank you. I, it's funny you mention a pasty ban. The the, uh, the company I work for, the production company, put on the the sort of group chat. Two of the lads, they they basically they they had a pasty ban for uh, for lunch and thought it was like the greatest thing ever. And they they were like, somebody said, oh, they've they've got Cheshire cat smiles, you know, after having this and and coming up with it, and I was like, hang on a minute, hang on, that's a local delicacy, I love you know, you haven't come up with that. Well, they
0: claimed they'd invented pasty barns.
1: I mean, things can get misconstrued in group chats, but that's why, I, that's what the the impression I got, and now I'm uh, probably the the most unpopular person in the office, but, um, And there's
0: no, a mob heading their way, by the way, from Bolton.
1: There <laughs> is, and I thought, I'd better get to them first, because otherwise, <laughs> you can't go around claiming that. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, I have a, I'll have have a, if we got some pies in, I'll have a, a pie barm every now and again. From a, I've got from to say lunch. that
0: was a very, very bold move at lunchtime to have a passy barm because that is some carb loading. That will send you to sleep by three o'clock. If that was me, I would be easily snoozing by the time you supposed to get out of the office.
1: Yeah, uh, I do tend to have it on a Friday, I've got to admit, um, you know, when I, I, I can have that luxury of maybe finishing a bit earlier. But uh, yeah, it's nice every now and again to treat yourselves. And of course, our friends at, um, at Car's Pasties do a great one as well.
0: Yes, this is the leading Bolton pasty-related podcast. You're listening
1: to The Buff. Um, should we talk about a bit of football? Do we... Me, like, I mean, no, actually, yeah, let's talk about football because Bolton are winning, so, this, yeah, yeah.
0: This week above any other, let's talk about <laughs> football. We've got only a win to talk about against Exeter. Uh, Bolton 2, Exeter 0 was the scoreline. And the Grecians earned absolutely nothing. I've been dying to get that in somewhere. Um, I mean, I thought they were rubbish. I've got to be honest. Of all the player, of all the teams that Bolton have come up against, League
1: One teams this season, I think Exeter are, are, are right down there. Yeah, they didn't offer much, did they? I thought the midfield was all right. I, I thought they were actually winning second balls for quite a lot of it. But the uh, yeah, the attack and the defence let them down. Um, and uh, you know we've been asking for this for so long. This sort of nice relaxed Bolton win, score two early on, and uh, I'll be honest with you, Mark. Come the seventieth minute, I was like, "This is boring. <laughs> can we get Exy to score two so we can get a winner in the last minute?"
0: Yeah, do you have a pasty bomb beforehand? As it was, it was
1: weighing heavily <laughs> yeah. on the
0: stomach. It was it was an interesting game because I mean the first half, some of the football they played was absolutely fantastic. I think Ian Everett said it was the best first half he'd seen his team play this season. Um, I mean, to be honest, there's not a lot of competition in the best first half category.
1: No. Um, uh, Wickham we, at home. That was the, we yeah, yeah. up there. So maybe, but yeah, I, I get, yeah, I agree with you. Is not much,
0: but I mean, they, they played some fantastic football. They should have been four, five, six, maybe up at halftime.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, I, again, Dion Charles, is uh, he's got his goal, but he's hit the post twice and, you know, he will get his uh, he will get his hat-trick one day, but yeah, I mean, you know, if Bow's going and uh, Connor Bradley's, of course, um, header, then yeah, he it should have it been and uh, you know, it was, it would have been nice and I, I've got to be honest, when you look at half-time and, and look at the other scores and see Barnsley and Derby winning and then, obviously, Derby went on and won 4-0 and Barnsley got 2-0, you think, oh, well, our goal difference, we kind of need to make tracks on them, and maybe we'll do it when we play them in the next few weeks. But, um, but yeah, I kind of hoped we would have pushed on and, and got that goal difference higher.
0: They looked tired to me in that second half. I thought there was mm. there was there was visible signs of fatigue. Whether or not it is all the illness and such like they took out of them, I think Everett made an interesting point afterwards that actually, whilst they'd beaten Manchester United's kids very very comfortably on Tuesday night, the the level of uh, performance they had to put in and and the, the sort of exertion actually took it out of them quite a bit and and, and not had a knock on effect on the game for Saturday.
1: Yeah, um, I, you know, I, I it's it, yeah, it's, it is a weird one because that United result uh, obviously we won four in the end, which we haven't done this season. But um, on the whole, I think um, yeah, I think because united weren't uh, didn't attack most they was at uh, counter attacking it was just it was attack by defense and I guess is as as mentally draining as that is for the defending side for the attacking side, yeah, I can imagine it is quite tiring mm-hmm. uh starting from the back and pushing on for every, it seemed like every two minutes.
0: It was. It was like a basketball game at times. It was quite a, a high octane type of type of cup game. I enjoyed it. I, I especially enjoyed the scoreboard because there was no differentiation between Manchester United's badge and Manchester United under twenty one. So there was just yeah. that lovely picture of four nil against United, which um, I, I've never seen before. So um, only in Photoshop before. Um, so yeah, the the one thing that that came out of the weekend for me was was the new look back three. We know that Rico Santos is some way from a return. He's gone to see a specialist. We're going to get an update on that on Friday, I believe, uh, as we're talking here on a Wednesday. Um, so hopefully he never will be able to give us an update on how he's doing. Uh, but he won't be back for a while. We know we've not got getting Jones for a couple of weeks as well. So they're, they're down to bare bones really at the back. But Owen Toll, Will Ameson, George Johnston, I thought they did quite well.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, a caveat in that is that we didn't get tested that much. I think it was a game where the old school defending was needed. You know, the headers yeah. out and uh, the tackles, um, and you know we know that it players in our our team can pass the ball. The all can so uh, yeah, that wasn't an issue either. But I thought yeah, it was a you know it was it was a game where. It probably came at the right time. And I think sometimes for, for us this season, we haven't had that luxury. Games have kind of come at the wrong time. But if we're going to have a, a new look back three, the type of uh, game you want to be in is a, a nice, relaxed game where the opposition aren't pushing that much. And, um, you know, they'll be, obviously be a bigger, far bigger challenge against Derby. But um, it, at least they've got that first game under the belt. And now they can get some more training into them as well.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we know there's that stretch of, of fixtures coming up now that, I mean, we always say, I think every time you come up to a fixture, a, a, a list or a new month, whatever you say, oh, this is going to be the defining one, this is going to be the defining one. Everybody's always trying to catch lightning on the bo- in the bottle and like, this is the defining stretch. It feels like it will be a defining stretch, but I dare say that when we get to January, and then look ahead into February, that will be the defining stretch then, of course. Um, ultimately, the whole thing is a defining stretch. We should really <laughs> stop using the phrase. But yeah. nevertheless, there are some very difficult games coming up. They've got to play Derby twice. They've got to play Plymouth. They've got to play Barnsley. Lincoln away is never easy. So it's uh, it's a tough stretch.
1: It is, yeah. And um, the, the positive thing in that is that if we can... Get some good results in that stretch and uh, end it in a, a good position. Then you look at the the end of the season, and I think in the last eight or nine games, well, basically we've you know we started the season with tough games, and now we've had slightly well against playing teams nearer the bottom in the last sort of uh, seven or eight, and we're going to end the season that way. So hopefully that will be uh, a good thing. Rather than looking and going, well, we've had a tough run. We're now tenth in the league, and we we're fighting to try and get back in there. Hopefully, we can have a good run, still be where we are in the playoffs, and then look and go right. Okay, well, we can we can have a really good end to the season. Try and get a home playoff match, or even better, maybe. And uh, yeah. and yeah, see where it takes us. Henry's already written
0: off automatic promotion. <laughs> I, I'm telling Ian. Um, yeah, one one final note actually on Saturday, and that was the front two because Dion now back among the goals. We'll have a, a chat about how just how many goals he scored um, a little later on. Uh, but I think that both he and Dapo Afolayan look like they're enjoying the football at the minute, and that that partnership that we we maybe came into the season thinking that was going to be the one for Bolton. It's it hasn't really happened up until the last couple of weeks for me, but now they are starting to look like they belong there and, and that it could work.
1: Yeah, and I think it's it's probably helped them, the fact that uh, Bakioko's had his injury issues and, and been out uh, international duty, um, and Bod Barson's been uh, injured, because it's kind of meant that he has had to play them two up front. And I know that's how we started the season, but um, but yeah, they, they look really in sync with each other, I think... Uh, you know, a few times the other day they were they were kind of um they, they got the ball kind of off the last defender and then were running to I think one was from a corner. Um and they were both running towards the goal and maybe uh, you know, they the Exits had defended it quite well in the end, but maybe, you know, I think it was Charles could have passed it early or whatever. But they are looking like they are um, they are, yeah they're looking good and I think for both of them and their personal performances you know we we said after Lion possibly needs a run of games and he's getting that and he's looking really good Dion Charles is you know he seems to be clicking for him again um, which is great and uh, and he, he's someone who you know I mean obviously they're not the players aren't stupid they know that when they're getting a bit of stick and uh, and Charles has lo- just looked in a few of his goal celebrations recently just a bit of a there have that kind of don't doubt me uh, kind of attitude so yeah they're looking good and I like it I like, I, I've like. got to say I do like Bod Varsen. I would like to see Bod Varsen play more but I think coming off the bench he's a really good asset and uh, and yeah Dion and Atholian at the moment would probably be my, my favourite top two anyway. It's
0: funny you should say that about Dion I mean strikers are, are that way inclined anyway I think when, when you're not scoring goals I think they do take some of the criticism to heart and probably I would do as well uh, you know, you, you kind of look around for positivity when you're not doing well, don't you? And and you mm. kind of take the negativity to heart. Um, so I dare say, I dare the, the fact that we haven't spoken to Dion Charles after any of his goals yet. Maybe no, maybe he's got to, maybe he's got an axe to grind. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But I I love that. That's what I like about my strikers. I am more than happy, um, more than happy to be the bad guy on that front. Okay. Yes, did I mention this is a news podcast because Henry has picked some of the finest headlines, like like the man from Del Monte. He says yes.
1: Yes, yes and the finest one I've picked... Uh, from the tree of Bolton Wonders this week is actually just basically what we've been talking about. And it's Deion uh, Dion Charles. Um, you know, Ian Ever has come out and said that he knew he look his look would change, which I guess is easy to say that uh, when it has done but After the event. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean for Ian Everett, he, he was picking him. He was picking him every week. So he clearly did know it will it will change and it is good to see, isn't it? Because he is a. He's our star striker. He's our, you know, our big striker. They paid money for him, and I know you've been doing uh, running the stats as well. And it seems that only Inelka and Ricketts have done better. They've got to uh, ten goals quicker in a season hmm. in the last twenty years. Um, I mean, to be fair, we haven't had many of it ten goals, but um, but still, he's in esteemed company there. Yeah,
0: it, it surprised me a little bit. I mean, we've we've often said on this pod about the the top goal scorer being dozen goals more often than not. Um, but actually, there's only a, about 16, 17 players that have managed to do that since Ricketts last scored 20. And this is all competitions as well. So it's uh, it's interesting that he's he's got to 10, but not even at the halfway stage of the season either. So if he were to double that mm. and he ends up being the guy that gets 20, then he's fulfilled exactly what he said he'd do and and what he did at Accrington Stanley as well. And yet... I'd be amazed and everything I've just said about Dion and maybe, you know, feeling that he was overly criticised a few weeks ago. I'd be amazed if he could say, yes, I've had a great season. Um, and yet he's not that far behind the, the leading goal scorers overall. I'm not one of these people who looks at goals and says, ah, yeah, but you've only scored seven in the league. It doesn't matter. It's still a competition. You wouldn't, yeah. you know... Oh, he scored against I don't know Salford City or something it doesn't matter because it would have counted if he'd have scored against United in the FA Cup people you know would would be uh, would be happy to include that one um, your job is to score goals regardless of the competition and to to be on 10 is pretty good going I think Ian Everts obviously he, he did back him he picked him he kept him in the team he has faith in the fact his team creates chances and I know a lot of people hate XG, a lot of people don't understand XG, a lot of people don't really buy into the the statistical or the data-driven analysis that that certainly Inevit does and I know his staff do, but even with your own eyes you can see that Bolton Wanderers are creating chances and that they they are getting in the right areas, so to speak. You don't really need a number to to tell you that. Um, So... You know, if, if he kept picking him, he was he was inevitably going to score goals at some stage or another. So, um I mean, I must say he, he's he's kept picking Kachunga and he hasn't necessarily got in with the goals. <laughs> so it doesn't work for everybody. But I think Dion is the guy that you'd be looking to to score more often than not. I still think um, if if Bob Varson got fit and hopefully that comes quickly, uh, that he could also weigh in with a fair few. But um and and Dapo's looking like he's he's hungry as well now so suddenly there's a there's a little bit extra and of course we are at transfer uh, transfer window time
1: yeah it's uh, it is convenient for them all that they're performing well as it comes to transfer window time um but uh, yeah Dion is he's there's, there's most pressure on Dion because he has been brought in to score goals um and it's nice to see that he's doing it and and yeah like you said he's if you create more chances for him, he's going to score more goals. But, I mean, we've said before, he's a League One player, so they all are. So, they will miss more than Premier League players, for example. Um, and, uh, and yeah, Dion is, he's, yeah, I'm glad he's turned it around anyway. I'm glad he's he's scoring goals again, hopefully he can, t- uh, can continue. He, uh, he scored a goal last time we were live on Sky TV, so hopefully he can do it again on the 27th. What do you make of the Danny Ward rumours? Um, It's interesting, aren't they? Because you look at how Bolton have, have, what we've signed, who we've signed, I don't think he necessarily fits into that Mm. being 31, 32. But at the same time, I think, well, maybe we need that bit of experience in the team. You know, we have said before that there's been times where, you know, Bolton have have kind of been, um, I I don't know, just a, a bit powder puff you know like yeah. and a bit wet need... is. yeah Yeah. Yeah, exactly so and maybe Danny Ward they're looking at him thinking well he knows the club and I know the Nova club's changed a lot since he was um, you know last playing for us but he's had experience in higher leagues I, I don't think he's had experience at this level since we were probably sending him out on loan Yeah. Uh, when he was playing for us so um, so yeah he, he could be a really good signing a, really, um, a really smart signing but um, you know, it, it does seem that maybe it's an easy link. Maybe Huddersfield, being bottom of middle league, are, are looking to, uh, you know, have a bit of a a, a change around and have, get a few players out. But uh, I mean, what do you think? Is that, is that someone you'd like to see back at Rocket Bolton?
0: Uh, I think so. I think I think experience, as you as you said, there there are there are areas of the pitch where I feel an an old an old wiser head could work up front. Maybe not. I would have said that midfield and, and defence would have been the two that I'd have thought, yes, that's, uh, that's where you probably need that little bit of nous. But, you know, Danny Ward's still a good player. He scored plenty of goals in the Championship uh, last season for Huddersfield. Chris Markham, of course, will know him from his time at Huddersfield, which kind of further strengthens that link. And it looks like he's out of contract in uh, the summer, which I do fully anticipate them to go after that sort of player where will, you know, there's a a lower cash deal to be done um, and a bargain to be had. So it's not, you know, it's not a completely left field one, is it? But um, it makes me feel old. I have to say when we're, we're bringing in Dan- the experienced Danny Ward, when mm-hmm. I can remember sitting on a couch in, in America and talking to him um, as a kid that just, I think he'd just come back from Swindon, I think, on loan. And it, you know he was talking about maybe getting a couple of games in Owen Coyle's team in the Premier League and learning so much in League One and all that kind of stuff. Or I can't even remember whether it was Division Two back then. But uh, <laughs> yeah, makes me feel very old. I have to say, describing him as a as a grizzled veteran. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see him. I, that 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 would do me. I think I, I think it's the type of signing that they probably would make. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it makes me feel old for considering that I'm thirty two and fellow thirty two year olds are being. Considers as <laughs> veterans. Um another headline which really interested me actually, and he's he's, uh, he's Ian Everett has been talking about Dapo Afolayan. and he's called him a future club captain, which um I I agree with. I think he's got that about him, but also it's nice to hear that uh in a in a league or a, a world perhaps where Bolton maybe uh maybe it's different on the inside of the club, but maybe looking at seen potentially getting a few million for Apple Lion and selling him on so talking about him being a captain for the club at some point is is quite refreshing
0: I think he's got a lot that can still improve with you know for for Apple Lion I think he's he's such a clever lad you can I think one of the things he said in that interview was that there's been a lot of clashes with Dapo and I can understand it because he is is that kind of character He's 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 quite a cerebral guy. He's, he's always, I can imagine he's questioning things. I can, you know, I can imagine him arguing the toss, you know, if needs be. Mm. Not because he's, you know, out of out of any sort of malevolence or anything like that, but more just because he's got an opinion. And that's not always the case, I have to say, with a group of, of younger players. So I think there is something about his character that could be, you know, a leader. Um, It would be a different type of guy to somebody like Santos. Maybe more vocal. Who knows? But, um, no, I, I I, like you. He's coming into that last year of the contract next year, isn't he? So, you know, the prime, the prime time to sell would possibly be January. And no doubt there'll be some rumors because why wouldn't there be? Um, there's always rumors with, with Dapo, isn't there? And, uh, Ever since, he, ever since he came in, I think people have, have looked at him and, and can see that he's got something about him that, that can, I think he could genuinely go and play at an, a higher level. Mm. Um, but I'd love to see him do that with Bolton. And yes, I'd love to see him become that kind of leader that, that Ian Everett uh, thinks he can be. So um, I just think he's, he's he's just, like I said it loads of times, he's the guy that I enjoy watching the most. And he's a fascinating character as well. Um so I'm I'm glad I'm glad things are going well for him.
1: Yeah, he, he is. He's, he's he's our star man as the uh, as the chant goes. But uh he's um I think when he's when he's performing well, he really is um yeah, he, he he's uh, he's a star he's a great to watch, he's a star. So um long may it continue and if that can be for the next few years with Vaulting as we progress up the leagues then uh then, yeah, that would be brilliant. So, um, I, I play, unfortunately, that we are not going to be seeing at Bolton um, for the next few years, even though I think everyone who is a Bolton fan would love to see it, is uh, Connor Bradley. And he's, uh, he revealed to you what his Christmas wish is, didn't he?
0: Oh, could have cried. It was uh, Bolton oh. to get promotion. <laughs> well, to get much, I mean, at Christmas as well, that'd be amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just won a hell of a victory against Derby.
0: Can you imagine if you just woke up on Christmas morning there was a P next to Bolton Wanderers' name at the top of the table? I went, <laughs> yeah, that
1: was nice. Well done. <laughs> um, yeah, that would. Uh, I mean, it would annoy a lot of Ipswich and Plymouth fans. We got to say, but um, but no, it's, I mean, it's nice. Yeah, it's uh, the it's, it is nice that he's talking like that. I feel kind of badly. Um, he's going to be a player that wherever he goes in his career and whatever happens, where, you know, whenever he next plays at uh, the uni ball or, it, well, it'll be a different name by the time he comes back. Uh, mm. He will be well-received from Bolton fans. And I think, you know, you look at him, he's a young lad, but, you know, the amount of goals he's scored, the amount of goal contributions he's had in the team, he's, he's, he's uh, you know, I didn't really know what to expect from Conor Bradley, I've got to say. I, I don't know whether... At the start of the season, I thought, oh, he'd be a good sort of backup. But however, I felt, oh, he's going to be a a star player. But you know, I, I don't think I would have believed if you'd have said at Christmas he'd have get this amount of goals and this amount of assists. I don't think I would have believed you. But he's had to, he's had a great season. It's madness,
0: isn't it? Six goals already, and with that Toblerone head of his, he could have had a few <laughs> more. Um, yeah, that, that one against Exeter was great. I mean, the poor lad. I mean, he knows that. Obviously, his future is at Liverpool. um, And Liverpool have watched him very closely. They've not let him out of their sight for a single second. That tells you how good he is because Liverpool are genuinely taking an interest in in how he is doing. So, I I know Jack uh, Dearden tried to try to get him on uh, on Saturday and he's like, oh, there's about 11 million Bolton fans that want you to stay. Will you, will you stay? And the poor lad didn't know where to put himself because of course he wants to go back and play for Liverpool in the Premier League. That goes without saying. Of course uh, he's, he wants to go and play for Northern Ireland and play at the, the top level and go to national, major tournaments. I think, you know, hopefully there will be a day in the not-too-distant future where Bolton can... Start signing players of that quality and 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 start building a squad like that. You know, maybe you'll see him back again in some different way. But um, I think you've got to enjoy him whilst he's here. And uh, I, I've been—it's been a real pleasure to to get to know him. He's a very, very decent, uh, very decent chap. We've got another part of that interview in in the paper at the end of the week where he's talking about the the progress he's made as a player and uh, the the areas he still feels he could improve, including that. That heading practice that I'm sure he's going to be getting this week. Uh, so yeah, I think he's he's got he's got loads and loads and loads of space to to grow, um, and he's 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 made progress at, at Bolton. Most importantly,
1: yeah, I think if if we go up, then you never know. I think that will be the the topic of our podcast throughout the summer. Is uh, will if we do go up, we'll kind of Bradley come back on loan. Um, but I think if we are uh, still in League One. Uh, yeah, I don't think that would be the case because I, I mean, I know you could look and go, well, James Trafford did, but James Trafford didn't have a full season with us, and it's a bit different for goalkeepers. Um, whereas I think with Connor Bradley, um, I think Liverpool, if they've been keeping an eye on him so close, they'd probably want him at the very least in the Championship next year, if not still playing for them and, and um, you know, playing in the, the Carabao Cup games and the, when they any games in the Champions League that they've already gone through in and stuff like that so yeah it's um yeah i think it is i agree with you it's a case of let's enjoy him while we've got him uh and speaking of enjoying ourselves uh that's what ian ever said to you um you know in these uh, this week in the press conference he said listen we've not got a game now till christmas enjoy it and also uh you know when you reflect on this season hey we're doing okay don't worry about us yeah Sorry,
0: I was just uh, just choking myself with a lem sip. If uh, yeah. if you're wondering what was just happening there, why there's a slight delay, that's what I was doing. Um, the magic of podcasting. Um, yes, I mean, you, you've got to enjoy it. I think it's been a funny season to, to sum up, and we'll be doing that, of course. We're, we're going to be recording a podcast for the end of year. Uh, our next week's podcast will be trying to put 2022 into some sort of order and some sort of... Making some sort of sense out of it as, as to where the club is, but I think from his point of view, fifth place is on par with where he wants to be. They are in the quarterfinals of the Papa John's Trophy, and they've got a decent draw. I think Portsmouth at home is is winnable. It's a dif- difficult game, but it is winnable. Um, and you know, you could you could be staring at two trips to Wembley. Who knows? In the best case scenario. Um, it's very easy to sit there and, and say you know your, your glass is half empty and, and Bolton haven't got this Bolton haven't got that but I think if, if you look at the progress they've made in the last three seasons it's there you can see it you know they've, they've improved as a club and if they carry on on that line then sooner or later they will break through into the championship and then of course there's fresh challenges beyond that but I don't think they're there ones you need to worry about at the moment let's just get to that stage and um yeah, I'm with I'm with EVO. I'm with EVO. I think it's uh, it's good advice. I think we can enjoy this Christmas. There's no huge, massive dilemmas like there was last year with with illness and the place the training ground was shut and all sorts. And we don't even need to mention what happened a couple of years ago. For Christ's sake. So it, yeah, it's uh, it's actually a reasonable reasonable December at the moment. Um, I. I Look forward to this clip being played back to me after getting beat five 0 by Derby and then everything's doom and gloom again. But right now, as we're sat here and I'm choking myself with a lem tip, it's not bad.
1: Yeah, it could be worse. Um, yeah, I think uh, at the start of the season, if you'd have said, right, Christmas Day, you'll find yourself fifth in the league, uh, in the quarterfinals of the Papa Johns, uh, with a home tie in the in the quarterfinals. Um, You'd have took it, okay. There's there's little bits the way you look and think. Okay, I would have liked to have still been in the FA Cup, you know, League Cup. We went out to Aston Villa and we got on Sky, so not much to complain about there. Uh, and then the odd game in the league where you look and think, well, we should have won that, or we should have scored more goals, or whatever. But um, I think overall, we would have all um, we'd have all took it, and there's, there is lots to look forward to, and um, you know. But this is the thing: is it was with Bolton as well as every other club in the league that yeah Bolton have a quite a, a bad christmas period if we lose the next three games and then we do a, another podcast like this after the Barnsley game and we've lost three in a row and we find ourselves in about 9 for 10 then yeah it's uh, there's concern there but um but no lot's to be positive about i think we've had a good season and i think um you know i would like to to get to wembley that would be a really nice uh, just on our little journey back to hopefully the Premier League, it'd be nice to get into the final of the Papa John's and maybe a playoff final. But um, but yeah, on the whole, I'm 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 happy. I'm I, Mark. I will not say much else than that. I'm happy. Um, right, we'll we'll round off the headlines then. Uh, one that um, involves a, a fellow League One club and a former Bolton uh, player, Dean Holden, has been uh, appointed manager of Charlton. He, I think to be fair to Dean Holden, he's He's been knocking on the door for a while, hasn't he? Of getting a job, and um, and he's, he's now he's got one at Charlton. Um, how do you? I know you've sung the praises of Dean Holden, and uh, and you know a lot about what people have said and stuff. But in terms of him actually going to Charlton, do you think that's a a risky move? Maybe because they they have ambitions for higher than what they are. Is it a good move? Could you know where where do you see that job?
0: It's a tough gig at the minute, no question. Very tough gig. I think there's problems with the ownership at the moment. The the chairman or the owner doesn't seem especially popular with supporters at Charlton, judging by the feedback I've had in the past 24 hours or so since I said that Dean Holden was a great appointment. Um, They've got a new director of football there. They've got a couple of other changes, so they're, they're trying to... Trying to make a bit of a clean sweep of it. I've seen Charlie Methan's been mentioned as well uh, over there, which if you've watched the Sunderland Till I Die documentary, you, <laughs> you would know was a, was a bit of a red flag. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's a difficult one. Uh, I think Dean, as you say, he's, he's wanted to get back in since leaving Stoke City as assistant. He had a taste of championship management at Bristol City and did quite well there. Very few people say anything bad about his time at Bristol City. It just, it wasn't quite what they wanted, basically. He didn't leave under any sort of cloud. And he's a very highly rated coach. I mean, the thing is, as we saw Bolton, Samuel Lee, for example, there's a big difference between being a very, very good coach and being a very good manager. And that's probably where Dean now has to prove himself, is that can he be a manager that you can hang your hat on and you know, one day, you know, be talked about in the in the frame for, for a Bolton job or, or something like that. That I, I know he would dearly love to to come back one day and do that. So, I think Charlton's a, a big challenge for him. If he can make anything like a success of it, he'll have done a, a very good job. But I think he, he'll always be fondly regarded at, at Bolton won't he because it was very unlucky, obviously with injuries. But he was uh, he was a good player. He, he could have been a great player.
1: Yeah, he was. I only vaguely remember him because he was at a time I was I was still at uh, primary school. But yeah, he was um, he was a solid fullback, and um, and yeah, like you said about the Charlton job, it could be a massive job. I mean, that is that's a club that I mean I, I do feel sorry for Charlton actually because you, they're in League One, like ourselves and like a, a lot of other clubs that were Premier League clubs and. You know, they must be looking around at the moment in the league and going, well, hang on a minute, you've got Ipswich at the top, Sheffield Wednesday third, Bolton, Derby, um, uh, Barnsley, who are knocking on the door, Portsmouth are up there, and and then they're kind of forgotten about a little bit, and they'll be looking and thinking, well, we should be where they are. And, uh, And as well, you know, they compare themselves to Bolton and Derby, who have both got new owners in and seem to have kicked on, especially ourselves they'll be looking and going, well, what happened to us? We got a new owner and it's, it's not worked out. So, uh, yeah, it's a massive job for him. I would, I would love him to do really well, uh, partly because, I, again, the romantic in me would hope that he would eventually come back to Bolton. Um, but, uh, yeah, good luck to him.
0: Mm. Well, is that the doorbell? It is. It, it's the postman. Is that Philip Maresh?
1: actually yes
0: Henry Henry he's 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 brought us some presents oh no it's just a load of emails
1: (laughs) Um, well they are presents
0: yeah and uh the the slips just come through the door I've been sat here all afternoon but uh, apparently uh, they're sorry I missed that he missed me (laughs) um I've got to go and pick the package up from uh some random corner shop after half past 12 okay (laughs) um yes this is the segment of the podcast where we read your emails I've been saving up a few Just for this very occasion, so we're going to uh, rattle through a few of the good ones. Um, This one is from a friend all the way in the USA, and his name is Matthew. Matthew from Massachusetts, in fact. Uh, Dear Mark and Henry, I was listening to your discussion about Bolton lineups using one player per nationality, and I decided to take it a step further. That's what we like, step further. Um, I wanted to see if I could create a Bolton squad using players from the 32 countries that qualified for Qatar, including subs. I also wanted to limit myself to the years that I've been following Wanderers, which is 2004, up to the present. So a man of roughly the same age, Henry. Mm. Um, This exercise is far more challenging, given the number of Bolton goalkeepers that are either English or not eligible for a qualified nation. I think I managed to... Pull it, pull off a twenty-one player squad without a duplicate nation, and as such, there's nobody to back up Trafford on the bench. Um Ian Everett would be proud, he says, because obviously there's no goalkeeper on the bench. Selected 5-3-2 and provided subs. Fair warning though, uh, some of the choices are strictly limited by the uh by the challenge restrictions. Um I would never choose a French defender over an Elka or jorkiev. Okay, so do you want to hmm. listen to his team? It's quite a good one actually. Go on um, if anybody can better this team I'd be very surprised. So one one player from each nation um that qualified for the World Cup. Let's see say. So in goal James Trafford, English obviously. Uh defence of Anthony Robinson, the USA, Abdoulaye Fay, Senegal, Ricardo Santos for Portugal. Uh, Jardi from Tunisia and Marcos Alonso of Spain. Ah, very good, very solid. Midfield three of Gary Speed, God bless, uh, Adranik from Iran and Hidetoshi Nakata from Japan.
1: Ah, yeah, um, it was always a shame for Nakata. I would have, I hoped he would have done better for us, but he, he was he... a
0: megastar, an absolute yeah. megastar. The people used to follow him around. They used to just wait for him to drive into the training ground just to so could get a two second clip of him on the video. They they were mad for him in Japan. Absolutely mad for him. Um and then up front, Croatia's Ivan Klasnic and Mexico's Jared Bigetti.
1: Ah, very good. That's a very good team. um That's a great team. Uh, Yeah, very good.
0: There's not much pressing being done by those two forwards though, I must say. That's there's two Fox in the boxes there.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um yeah, maybe you needed one of the midfielders to join join them, but uh no, good good first 11, that. The quality differs a
0: little bit when you get onto the bench, though, to be fair. Jack Hyerdale of Australia, nothing wrong with that. Bruno Ngotti of France, very good. Um, I think he probably should have gotten the starting lineup, to be truthful. But um, mm. Julio Cesar of Brazil. Uh, Yaroslav Fodjut of Poland. <laughs> Dedrick Boyata of Belgium. He always looked half-asleep to me. Yeah. Uh, Chung Young Lee of uh, South Korea. Uh, Blair Jamali of Switzerland. Henrik Pedersen of Denmark. Joe Dodu of Ghana and my personal favorite mustafa riga riga mustafa of the netherlands
1: nice yeah um yeah the defend uh, the subs bench is the um kind of a who's who of deadline day signings Oh, beautiful. um but, uh, but yeah bruno there's some decent players on the bench though but yeah it's a good lineup i like that
0: yeah definitely um, yes, thank you very much, uh, Matthew. He's actually also said he misses playing Danny Shitu alongside us, so we may we may resurrect Danny Shitu further down the line for you, Matthew, just to uh, just for a bit of nostalgia. But uh, another email, this one from Chris. Uh, Hi, Mark and Henry. Top, 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 top podcast. Um, with the recent rumours linking Sam Heard with a couple of jobs which he subsequently turned down, do you see the board? Sorry, do you think the board see potential in him as a future option should Everett leave us in the near future? Um, As I recall, FV stated that they have a philosophy and preferred style of football that they wish to be implemented, which is what led them to Everett in the first place. With Hurd working closely with him, learning from him, do you see his name being put in the frame should it come to it? and is it possible um, ha- he's had some form of assurance on this which is why he's turned the jobs down it may not happen or at least not in the time frame that hurd is willing to wait but there seems to be a trend of promoting from within it recently at other clubs and wondered if we could potentially see the same in the future love to the family keep up the good work chris uh yes that's interesting isn't it here's here's a here's a scenario for you henry and it's, hmm. it's this I don't want it to happen, touch wood, But anyway, Ian Everett decides he's gone to take another job tomorrow. Who are the Who are the managers you look at?
1: Um, it's a really tough question because I don't know. To be honest, I I think, uh, you know, I, I, you can kind of look at the managers that I well I suppose every manager is trying to implement um, kind of the style that Ian Everett's doing, uh, and I think if if someone came in for Ian Everett and he left then you kind of want things to continue as they are. Uh, I know that a lot of people will be uh, listening to that and, and going against what I've just said, but I think on the whole I think, uh, yeah, they'd want to be consistent. So, yeah, I guess Sam Hurd would make uh, a good option, but also I think that at the moment, because he is playing the sort of flavour of the month football, I think there'd be probably quite a few options. I mean, you're you're better at this sort of stuff than me. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone that you can think of? You You have a a, a vaster sort of knowledge of the managers around the football league.
0: I think one of them's just been appointed at Charlton. To be honest, <laughs> if, I was, no. uh, if I was
1: doing the old, are you news Dean that, Holden's agent? I, by any do, I
0: should be Dean Holden's agent. I'd get a lot of work. Um, yeah, I mean, but to answer your question, Chris, as far as Sam hurt goes, yes, I think I think he's he's clearly highly rated, um, and it, and it's interesting that he is getting linked with these jobs. So. Yeah, I think I think the idea of appointing from within is a very good one, really. I, you would always assume that your assistant manager goes with. So it would leave Sam Hurd potentially with a, with a with a spot, but um yeah, I mean it's good that you've got that kind of option. It, it reminds you a little bit of the the old back room with with Sam Allardyce, doesn't it? That's uh where where you used to have like f- first team coaches who were managers in their own right.
1: Yeah, well, let's hope uh, this Sam will be better than the last Sam that took over from a from a Sam, uh, and he was on the backroom staff when he joined. Yeah,
0: yeah. Let's not uh, let's not talk about that. Let's not take the energy away from the podcast. Uh, let's have another email instead. In fact, would you believe this isn't even a hoax? He's called Sam. This guy that sent, <laughs> sent, this, uh, sent this email in. Well done, Sam. It could, it could be Samilly. Who knows? The twelve uh,
1: Sams of Christmas. <laughs>
0: Uh, it's it's entitled Battle Royale Bf- BWFC anyway. Uh, he said, I recently watched the Japanese film Battle Royale again and knowing Mark likes his cinema and having read his horror film recommendations at Halloween, I thought as- I'd ask him who would survive if the current Bolton team was picked up and dropped into the game. He explains, For those who haven't watched it, the film is like Fortnite where a class of kids are dropped onto a remote island and forced to kill each other. Who is the last man standing? Keep up the good work. Um, I don't even know where to start on that one. To be absolutely honest yeah uh, but so let's say the entire, as as I understand, as I remember it, battle royale involves a, a class of um, urban kids who are all gassed and then dropped onto a remote island with a few weapons knocking about. Um, if somebody were to abduct the entire dressing room after the derby game and then drop them onto a remote island, who is the last man
1: standing? Oh um well there's lots to think about here because you'd you'd maybe go for one of the bigger guys so yeah. maybe bakioko but uh, santos but then would everyone else kind of team up against them first get them out of the way and then fight it amongst yourselves the more tactically minded types yeah maybe yeah do you go for speed maybe then connor bradley could uh could do it i i think i i don't know dion has a bit about him he has a bit of uh he looks like he could look after himself, so maybe him. Uh, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, obviously, if, if you were, were involved in um, hitting the target, i.e. trying to, to, to off somebody, then um, Connor Bradley, particularly at close range, might be a bit of a struggle. Um, but uh, and, and, and poor Okajunga, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not <laughs> sure he would survive very long. He might be the first one to go. To be honest. <laughs> um, i you know i think i think it's always there's always um, there's always a dark horse and i think uh, i think trafford trafford would be the dark horse You you'd think you think he'd have no chance you'd think he'd be marooned he wouldn't know what he was doing and then all of a sudden he'd turn up to be um it turned out to be a, a wily mastermind after it all um yeah i'm going for traff I'm, last man standing is Traff for me
1: that's a good shout because i think james trafford he doesn't care. He wouldn't no, exactly. Do- he's, he's,
0: he's completely and utterly uh, fierce slash brainless.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think um, he. Yeah, he, he just wouldn't. He wouldn't. The rest of them would maybe think. Actually, I'm a minute. I'm in a battle royale. Where Trafford would be like, Well, hey, let's go. Yeah, what what a, a
0: nightmarish dystopian fantasy this is! This is, and then Trafford would be like, Yes, this is what I did last weekend. This is amazing. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: this is like an escape room. It's great. Yeah uh yeah I'm going I'm going for James Trafford. he's my he's my winner. I hope I hope that doesn't happen by the way. Um, oh yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, final email, final email uh, from Derek. Dear Mark and Henry. Uh, fans will always have their favorite players, but it blows my mind to see some of the comments on social media about some of them, especially will Aimson. Um, I know Ian Evert loves his back three of Jones Santos and Johnston. And it seems nothing is going to change that. But for me, Ameson has been very unlucky not to play more football since he signed for Bolton. As the manager often says, he never lets anyone down. He is a tough defender, and though I accept he may not pass the ball as well as Santos, he does the ugly stuff better than any of them. I promise I'm not his agent, or on commission, but if there was a League One club out there looking for a bargain centre-half, he would be on my list in January. Thanks for the podcast and have a great Christmas. Is Will Amerson underrated, Henry?
1: Um, I would actually agree with that. I think he's uh, he's not done much wrong in his time uh, with Bolton. And I think, you know, you look back to the end of last season where the last 10 games Santos didn't play and Amerson did. And I, th- I don't think we lost, or we only lost one maybe. Um, yeah, I think he is harshly treated. I think Amerson, for me, uh, he reminds me of Phil Jones. You know, he's got that, first of all, he's got a uh, a funny sort of unfortunate um facial expression in a tackle i mean a a few, faults, a few cameramen have got but um but no i don't yeah i think he's i think he's done he's done well and i think he's passing he's getting there you know he'll he'll tries to spray the ball out to the to the wing backs and uh, and you know again last two games he's played we've not conceded and we've we've won them both, so i think yeah sometimes he can be harshly treated um but, you know, as we've seen with a few players, they just some some people I don't know, some players' faces don't fit, so they are they are mistreated and and Amerson could I dunno, on against Derby he could score, he could clear six balls off the line and put in last ditch challenges and yet you, he put misplaces a pass against Lincoln and players um the fans will still be shouting at him.
0: Yeah, it's sometimes it's uh... It's easy for some some people. I'm just looking through pictures of Williamson to find out what facial
1: expression he's supposed to have. Um <laughs> can you just it to me? To be fair, I've seen uh, I, I did see one last year. It was when the referee was. I think did the referee book him or something. Oh that and one he, looked like
0: the referee was creeping up behind him.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he's uh, I have seen one or two. I think you you have shared them. Yes. Or somebody shared them. Um so he yeah, one or two, uh uh, where that is the case but um but of course your facial expression doesn't um you know doesn't impact how you are on the football pitch.
0: I do have one one picture of him here um which I will send to you uh we'll do this live I'll do this live I'll send you this on WhatsApp live from my phone to yours that's that's my favourite picture of Will Ameson this season. Um you may he may well
1: see it. <laughs> yeah, he's looking very glum.
0: It, it looks like he's uh, he's just lost a winning lottery ticket.
1: Um, he do, yeah, he does So he's got well, his hairs he's he's got a fringe. He's his hairs kind of forward, and he's uh, combed forward, put forward. Yeah, and he's got a bit of a beard there. He he joins the the Bolton Wanderers beard eleven that we discussed last week. Uh, I, well, yeah, he's by the way, very that has well. been
0: greatly appreciated by the beard public. Uh, there, is a beard, there, is a, there is an undercurrent of beard lovers out there, and I think that, that, particular, that particular discussion has, uh, has resonated quite strongly. We've had a few emails in um, thanking us for our important discussion on hmm. Bolton Wanderers' beards. Um, and now, as promised, as, as requested by uh, Matthew, one of our earlier emailers, should we bring back a bit of Danny Shittu?
1: Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought you were going to play like a. I forgot, I thought you were going to play like a jingle or something. But well, I mean, yes, yeah, I will,
0: but that. Yeah, I don't want to lift the curtain here to, to too many people, Henry, but that tends to happen in post edit that I insert the jingles. <laughs> I don't oh, see yeah. I'm not like a one man band where I can just. <laughs> Just play them live.
1: I think brief. because I'm not, I'm not used to listening back and hearing like a jingle or something. That's why. Um, <laughs> but but yes, let's play Danny Shitu.
0: Okay, Danny Shitu. If you need a reminder of the rules, then you've not been listening to this podcast for very long. Um, yeah, basically we start with a player. Uh, let's say Nat Loft House, um, and then the next person has to name a player whose first name begins with L, like. Uh, Len Cantello, for example, and, and then it goes backwards and forwards, and then it goes backwards and forwards. If you name a player who has uh, the, who has the same uh, same letter for his Christian name and his surname, you get the chance to play a Danny too and start it all over again with the letter of your choice. Do you remember the rules, Henry? I do now. You do now. Okay, I'm going to John surf. Do you want to? We'll have we'll have a we'll have a quick warm up game, and then we'll go to the real one.
1: Okay, I'll go with Will Ameson.
0: So we're going to go for A, and I'm going to go for Adam Armstrong, which is a Danny Shittu, and I'm going to throw you straight in with a T.
1: Oh, T. Uh, Tony Kelly. Which is a K for Kevin Davis. Which is a D for David Lee. Which is an
0: L for um, Lane Cantello. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I have to do it. I'm going to have to do it.
1: Uh, C. Cantello, Yeah, C. Yeah. Can't tell- um Chris Fairclough. Which is an F for Frank Worthington. Um oh, W. Um oh, I can think of is it. Will Amerson now. Um Will 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 Yaskill oh, will Yaskill, I never plays for us. Okay, right, that's me out. We'll do a real game We'll that do a real glamour. game
0: now. We'll start real game. That was just a warm up, we didn't want to pull anything. So uh do you want to surf? Uh
1: yes, he won't be in it. for the start. Uh I will go for Dion Charles. And that's a C. And I'm going to go for Colin Hendry. H. Hendrik Pedersen. Uh, that's a P.
0: I'm going to go for Paul Comstiff.
1: Uh, C, is it? mm mm-hmm. uh, Chris Armstrong. That's an A. So I will go for Andy O'Brien. Oh, are we going O or B? O? Uh,
0: you can have either or. Uh, Okay, I'll go O. I'll go Oscar Ferricald. Oscar Threlkeld. Uh, I'll go for Tebo Verlinden.
1: P. <laughs> oh no! Have you? <laughs> Vic, Victor, Victor, uh, Vincent, uh, Vincent Candelar. Oh boy. yes. Bugger. Right. C. Um, Chris Eagles. Um, Ida Good Johnson.
0: Ida Good Johnson. Um, <laughs> I have to say that. Sorry. Uh, G. I'm going to go for Jeff Pike.
1: Jeff Pike. P. Uh Paul uh Jones.
0: Paul Jones. Um I'm gonna go with John Byron.
1: Uh, back to B. Um Ben annick
0: A. Ali Crawford.
1: Ooh, back to C. Um uh, Oh Chris uh, Chris Taylor.
0: Chris Taylor. Uh T. Uh Tom.
1: Youngs. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, right, Yori Jocker. Oh, that's easy. Uh, D, Declan John. Ah, yes. Uh, J,
0: uh, John McGinley. That's a straightforward one, isn't it? Um, Mark Fish.
1: Ooh. Uh, Francis Lee. Ooh.
0: Um, oh, I can't say him because I've said him before. I'm going to go for Liam Edwards.
1: Oh. Um, e. Uh, Eddie Eddie Hopkinson. Eddie Hopkinson. Uh,
0: H ha, 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 Harry Brockbank. Back
1: to B. Um, Bill Riding. No, he was the manager, wasn't he? Was he?
0: Bill Riding was the manager. Yeah.
1: Riding, right. Uh, right. Back to B. Um, Be- Benny Cafobe. Benny
0: Cafobe. Very
1: good. Called that out of nowhere. Um, I'm gonna have Arne Gunnlaugsson. Oh, what a player he was. Uh, Greg Strong.
0: Greg Strong? I've not thought about him for ages. Um, (laughs) S, S, S. Stick Tofting.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Uh, T. Um, Tim Ream. Tim Ream. Uh, R am
0: going to say uh, Remy Matthews.
1: Okay, back to M. Uh, Miksu Patelainen.
0: Blimey. Right. Paul Rachubka. Oh,
1: good one. Robbie Elliott. Uh, Ed. Uh, 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 uh,
0: uh, uh, Epi Smolarek.
1: <laughs> um, Sammy
0: Lee. L- oh no, it's, the L's are starting to get really hard. L. Les Ferdinand.
1: Oh, I just thought of him. <laughs> he was going to be mine. Uh, right, back to F. Um, Freddie Bobbich.
0: Oh, what a star he is. Uh, Barry Bannon. That is a Danny Shittu. And I'm going to throw you at Y.
1: Oh. Uh, He's in for the kill. Oh, what was he? What was he? Yannick Willshut. Oh, yes. Git. Um,
0: <laughs> Will Buckley.
1: Oh, back to B. Oh, this is uh, one that... This is a great rally. I've got to say, just to, I, I'm not trying to distract anything, but for old-school old buff listeners that remember that I am rubbish in the mornings, we are recording this at 5 o'clock in the evening. That's why it's gone on for so long. Um, Bob Taylor.
0: Bob Taylor. Bob Taylor. Oh, God. Tom. Tom Thorpe. It's another shit to Why?
1: There we go. To be honest, I don't blame you because otherwise this podcast is literally going to be a big massive game of Danny I've said Yori, I've said Yannick will shut. Yell had
0: Yell Yad youth. Well, I mean that's that's a win for me. It was a great rally. It was. It's. It, it, I almost didn't want to end it. I almost said there is one more why.
1: Because uh, when you were
0: thinking of Yannick Wilshire, I was thinking of a different one. Go on. Well, I'm, I, I can. How can I? How can I give you a clue? He played for Keith Hill, but Keith Hill didn't really like him.
1: And that doesn't narrow it down. Um, also, he doesn't really like cats. Oh. Um, what's his? Oh, uh, so you? What was his first name? So more, uh, Zuma. Yo, Johan Yo- Yo, Zuma, yeah,
0: Yo-han I remember him, yeah, what yeah. Is he's doing now, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't like to know what he's doing now, to be honest, no. Yo,
1: hopefully, he's, uh, yeah, hopefully he's on a, uh, what do you call, a correctional course for mm-hmm. treatment to animals,
0: um, he's played for Dagenham and Redbridge, says Google, oh, uh, more, more live research being conducted uh, in the name of the buff, which is great, um, right, okay, so let's, uh, let's move on to Prediction Time.
1: Pass us me crystal ball. What's happening next week? Prediction Time.
0: And yes, we're going to do a Prediction Time for Derby and Lincoln City because we will not be doing uh, a buff um, next week on the matches themselves. We'll be doing a buff end of season review, or sorry, end of year review rather. Um, So how do we think the rest of December is going to go for Wanderers, Henry? Um, I
1: think I think we'll get four points. I don't know which way we'll get the four points. We'll, what we'll do, we'll get four points, the, the, including Barnsley in this. We'll get four points. We'll win one, we'll lose one and we'll draw one. I'll be honest with you, though. I don't know which order that's coming in, uh, but that's my prediction.
0: I think it's going to be very tight against Derby. Very tight. Um, I know they beat Forest Green 4-0 last week. But I was looking at the, the two strikers and obviously David McGoldrick's one of them. He scored a hat-trick last week. Um, and the other one is uh, is Collins, um, James Collins. And they've both got seven goals this season in the league, much like Dion. Um, they don't seem particularly high scoring, so I, I just feel like it's going to be a quite a tight a goalless draw maybe and then go to lincoln and i i think that's a good that's a good uh, venue for bolton i feel like they've got got it in them to go and win that game so i think they finish on a high beating lincoln 3-1 nil nil against derby um but like you four points and you know cons- consolidating fifth place over the course of of december i think you'd be pretty pretty happy with that wouldn't you
1: yeah, and it, that would um it would keep Derby away. Well if we beat Derby it would keep them away. But if even if a draw would would do that. Um but yeah, I think I think the main aim for the next three games, considering that we play two of them against playoff hopefuls, uh if we're still in the playoff places um, you know, come that game against Plymouth, is it, on the seventh? Yes. Um exactly. then uh, then yeah, I think I'd be very happy with that. So don't know how it ends up don't know how it uh, what what way it, it goes but um but yeah if if i think yeah if we're still in the play if we're still in the playoffs positions after that plymouth game then i'd be happy so uh yeah right well i suppose we
0: better wrap up this podcast because this uh this christmas shopping won't get done by itself you know i need to i need to get out there and uh, to to panic buy now it would seem um, <laughs> what uh, what's what's henry hewitt going to be getting for christmas
1: um well after you teased us with a p next to bolton's name in uh before <laughs> but nothing will compare to that um i don't know actually i've got to that age now where if i need something i buy it so <laughs> I, it's, it's actually nice because you get more surprises i guess but it's also then stuff i need like uh, i don't know new new boxer shorts if somebody buys me them then i'll be happy because i need some <laughs>
0: henry hewitt legend has won more cash than uh, anybody else
1: um,
0: no I, I, I agree with you I agree with you I, I, I'm very uh, very practical stuff I think I'll be ending up getting things like cling film and uh, baking paper <laughs> and uh, kitchen towel and stuff because you <laughs> yeah. know we need it it's, it's yeah. fine it's no problem um, but uh, yes it, on that romantic Christmas note Um, we will let you go we will say goodbye and I hope everybody listening has uh, a very very Merry Christmas please do tune in again next week keep your eye out on my Twitter account I'll let you know when the end of year review is going to be done and and sorted I'm going to try and get out there a little earlier so it might not be Friday might be the Wednesday or the Thursday depending on how quickly I can get it turned round but and how quickly this stupid cold disappears please that's my Christmas wish Bring me a truckload of sip and uh, get rid of this flipping cold for me. It'd be lovely to be able to talk when I next do the podcast, um, in the new year. But uh, do have a good one. You have a good one as well, mate. And uh, well, I better better wrap it up by saying I've been Mark. Merry Christmas, Isles.
1: Uh, thank you. Merry Christmas, one too. I've been Henry Hewitt. Jingle bells, you Hew- now Henry Jingle bells Hewitt. What
0: have you been again? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Henry Jingle Bell's Hewitt. Ah, that's
0: the one. Okay. This has been (laughs) The Christmas Buff.